When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, folk? Welcome to the number one ranked show. I'm your host, RJ Young. I am not on a step mill. Thank you for watching or listening wherever it is that you consume the podcast, whether it is on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for continuing to ride with us as we get into the meat of our NFL Draft interview series. Coming up now, Oklahoma former defensive end at Oklahoma, Isaiah Thomas. Now, I'm a little bit overzealous and excited about this for a number of reasons. A, most of you know I'm an Oklahoma fan. Most of you know I'm from Tulsa. What you probably didn't know is Isaiah and I both attended and graduated from the same high school at Tulsa Memorial. So this was a particular thrill to me. And I got to say, it's the most fun that I have had at all doing these NFL draft interviews. That's not to say that the rest aren't any good. It is to say that this one is very special to me. And that comes through in this interview where I talk with Isaiah about his time at Oklahoma. He gives us some really great insight into Lincoln Riley's exit the day of what he felt, how he learned about it. It's really fascinating stuff. Talk about what it was like for him to take the leap in 2020 in Alex Grinch's defense and why he thought that he was in such a great position to do just that. This is one of my favorites. I hope you enjoy it. Let's talk to IT. I am pleased to be joined by former Oklahoma defensive end and NFL draft hopeful, my man from Tulsa, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah, how you doing, man? Doing good, man. Glad to be on the show, man. Like you said, you know, Tulsa born, Tulsa raised, man. Good to be here. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time, and I want to talk a bit about your time at Oklahoma and what you expect from the NFL draft, hopefully in the NFL. But let's start with this. What did it feel like to be a Tulsa Memorial Charger and earn an offer to play at the University of Oklahoma? You know, it was uh, initially it was really surreal. I, I remember when I got my first offer from the University of Mizzou. And it kind of like snowballed effect from then on. And um, I, I kind of, you know, coming from, as you know, you know, we both, you know, alumni from Tulsa Memorial. You know, we don't have too many football guys make it out to go to D1. Like, like rarely ever any that go straight from high school to D1. So when they happened, you know, it was it was a big surreal moment for me. You know, Bob Stoops reaching out to me, inviting me to that junior day that spring. And, you know, just kind of getting a relationship with Mike Stoops, Tom, uh, Coach Thibodeau. And it was just a dream come true, really, then. You know, after a while, I kind of knew Oklahoma was the place for me, you know, just building that relationship. And obviously the success OU's had and being an Oklahoma kid, it was like the biggest thing ever happened to me. Hey, man, for, for the folks that don't know, like Memorial Basketball School, right? That's what we do. It's, it's, it's real when we don't win the state championship, right? Shout out 2022. They yep, went and got yep. it done again. Did you ever think about playing basketball at well, Memorial? 
so actually, I, I grew up loving bat. Oh, I love football and basketball just as much. But I'm a big Dwayne Wade fan. I always wanted to play basketball. Like you said, Memorial is a powerhouse. I believe um, since Coach Allison has been there, it's been nine seasons now. My freshman year was his first year, and he's won five since then. Five out. Of, so every other year, he's going to win one. You know, and so I'm like, oh yeah, this this, this is going to make or break me. Like I'm gonna make it to the league. You know, I I quit growing at six five, and I'm not a I'm not a big man at six five. I'm a guard, so I'm like, you, you know, this ain't for me. So. You know, fortunately, I was blessed enough to, you know, uh, you know, grow into my body and, uh, you know, stand out on the football field and be recognized. So that's when football came, that reality for me. Hey, man, for, for real, though, like people don't understand what's Westbrook is six foot four, right? Six foot five. Exactly. You're enormous in football, right? In basketball, exactly. especially at places like Memorial, you use the six, seven, six, eight dudes exactly. stretch on you. But also, like, I'm going to go ahead and throw one in there. Coach Savage was my men's uh, boys yes. basketball coach when I was there. Right. Yes. And I going all the way back to Coach Sprague and whatnot. Now there's yeah. lots to go on there at Tulsa Memorial. TPS kids standing up, dog. Yeah. Uh, to that point, do you feel Tulsa gets the credit it deserves for developing football talent, particularly Tulsa public school kids? You know, like you and Dax Hill, Dax going to right. Booker T, both up for the NFL draft this year. Right. So I, I like that you said that because I feel like in recent history, Memorial, not Memorial, I'm sorry, Tulsa is getting more light shine on, on the production that they have coming out. You know, like you said, like like Dax Hill and myself, then you have, obviously you have Union Public Schools, but I mean, Union is Union, so you're going to have those guys. But specifically in Tulsa Public Schools, I mean, I know I had guys in my class like Marcus Mays even come out, you know, he went D1. Then you got Dax Hill, like you said, you got Justice Hill. Justice Hill. So, I mean, you got a handful of guys, and there's even more that's coming out this year going D1. And I, I'm starting to feel like, you know, it can get a little more, you know, appreciation that Tulsa deserves as far as athletes coming out producing. But I think we're on, on a steady pace of that. Man, you make it easy for me to really do that and get a jumping off point because I'll point to Tulsa public school kids because I am a Tulsa public school yeah. kid. We'll throw Josh Jacobs in there out of McLean, exactly. right? Right, exactly. right. But you also, you had Felix Jones uh, coming from yes. late. You had Robert Meacham. Like, we can keep going is what I'm saying here. Right. And then I get the folks from Tulsa Union, you know, Bixby, Owasso. They want to say yeah. something, be about something. But you know, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. When you went to Oklahoma, that made me so happy because, you know, yeah. I'm an Oklahoma dude. But also, right. to that point, you got to really stand out at Memorial you know. For somebody to come and even think you could play Division One football, so how did you first get the interest of even Missouri or anybody at that level? Right. So a guy, uh, a guy reached out to me on my Facebook December of um, twenty fifteen, if I'm not mistaken, and he said, "Hey man, like, like he was like, I looked up the guy, you know, he was verified on Twitter, had like you know fifteen twenty k followers, and I was like, okay, this guy's legit. He's like, yeah, hey, I, I liked your film, you know, can I get your huddle password to you know rearrange some stuff around and you know get your tape out there." First, I was kind of skeptical about it. Then, like I said, I did, I did a little research. I'm like, I was like, man, this guy, he seems legit. So, you know, I was like, you know, you know, why not? You know, take a chance. And so, you know, I did that. And, you know, like a month later, a guy um, uh, with the football brainiacs reached out to me. And he was saying, like, you know, schools are interested in me and whatnot. And still at this time, I'm like, okay, you know, it's just talk. You know, you know, nothing's official till it's official. And then next thing you know, February of 2016, um, or 2015 or so, I get a, a DM on Twitter said, hey, call this number. Coach Jackie Ship from the University of Mizzou wants to offer you a scholarship. I'm in Algebra 2 right now. I'm freaking out. I'm like, what? And ask my teacher, could I go out and make a phone call, talk to him for about 40 minutes or so. And, you know, next thing you know, I had an offer. And later on that day, I got three more offers, and, and it just kind of went on from there. No, nah, man, that's what's up. First, Coach Ship with Oklahoma Connection, you know, used to be defensive exactly. line coach for Coach uh, Stoops. But also in there, just – the little nugget of being able to rearrange huddle film, right? And yeah. knowing what that can do for your profile. 
so let's let's jump ahead, right? Let's get to 2020 mm-hmm. at Oklahoma. You had a breakout right. year, 13 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks. Uh, you played both defensive end and defensive tackle in what right. was supposed to be a slim down, faster, uh, quote unquote, speed D, right, under right. Coach Grinch. How did you acclimate to that system, and why do you think you had such a great 2020? So I, I know first first and foremost, it starts off like mental. You know, when people say the game is 90% mental, that is that is wholeheartedly 100% true. Because as you know, you know, you followed me for a while. You know, early in my career, I didn't have much playing time or success. And it's not because I didn't have the physical attributes because I was roughly the same size I was in 2019 as, as I was in 2020. Then, you know, with the hire of a coach, Jamar came, and I got to give him a lot of praise, man. I mean, he came in that spring. Then, um, as you know, Ronnie Perkins was suspended the first half of the season in that 2020 season. Coach Kane came up to me, you know, got to know me a little bit that first time I met him. Then the next day or like like the next time we had a real conversation was before the first day of spring ball. And Coach Kane straight up told me, he said, hey, man, he said, he said, I don't care what the narrative was in the past about you not playing much or all this and that. He said, uh, he said, who's to say Ronnie Perkins has to start when he gets back? And that hit me. You And, you know, Ronnie Perkins was a full out dog. I mean, play after play his freshman year, sophomore year dog. So I'm like, dang, I was like, I was, either he don't, I was like, either he don't know who Ronnie Perkins is or he got real faith that I can do this. So next thing you know, that just clicked mentally for me. I was like, you know, I was like, I was like, man, he's right. Like, like I'm here for a reason, and I'm gonna prove to these people why. Then, you know, I gotta give a lot of credit to Coach Grinch and Coach Riley because, um, after that 2019 season, Coach Riley sat me down and also was like, you know, you know like, like you need to figure out who you want to be. Like, we see flashes of this, but we also see this. And then uh, Coach Grinch also invested in me. So, in, in how Grinch's scheme was, you know, obviously, you know, getting penetration, getting in the backfield. Obviously, you know, people have their opinions on it, but it it helped me out to get to me where I am now. So, definitely, those things keyed into why I had that success in 2020. Hey, man, uh, shout out to Coach Kane, who is a real one. Uh, my interactions yeah. with him have always been on the level, and I'm grateful that he came up to you do that. One, because, yes, Ronnie was that dude. And also that because, dude. hey, it didn't feel like there was a lot of depth there because we didn't get to see you. And I right. understand how that could feel for some folks because we only see what we what we see and hear what we hear. Right. So for you to tell this story a, a couple years after is a big deal to me. Um, when did you realize that Perion Winfrey, was going to be on the level of mm-hmm. a Ronnie Perkins. So it was that fall camp. So and this is kind of that transition to how I played D tackle as well. So we're um we're in fall camp and whatnot. And, you know, this is COVID. You know, this is peak COVID for the football season. You know, guys are dropping like flies. I mean, all of our D tackles are out except for like one. And me, you know, me loving the game of football, Coach Tibbs always told me, he gave me a little nugget. He said, always know more than your position because it adds value to your work. And so – I'm watching film. You know, I know my, I know Deanna. I mean, I can still name, I can still run our defense to this day. And uh, I was like, I got my position down. Let me look at the D tackle, see what they do, just, just to pick up on stuff. And one day, you know, we had a bunch of guys out. Coach Grinch walks up to me, and this is a true story. I think Coach Grinch even told it. Coach Grinch walked up to me in pre-practice, like, like the period before Indy, before inside run and team run. Just comes up to me. I don't know. We had no warning. He said, he said, Hey man, you think you can play some D tackle today? I'm like, Oh yes, sir. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, you know, like that's what I'm saying. But on I'm like, oh, dang, here we go. Like, like I just started getting the ball rolling that DN. I'm finally starting doing my thing. Now I got to play another position. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I knew I could do it mentally. And now, I, I mean, I knew I could do it physically, but mentally could I carry all that capacity of knowing this, knowing the guy next to me and stuff. And to get back to where you were saying, this is how I knew Perry on Winfrey was that dude. Perry on Winfrey, he didn't know the playbook too well because obviously it was his first season there and stuff. And for him to – and like when Coach says, if you mess up, mess up going full speed. He was in the backfield every – play like it got to the point where I'm like I'm not gonna run the call if I can do that then obviously you know me and Perry on are different you know 
and uh, him being so gifted physically came natural to him. And then him being with me, we meshed into that mental game to where we could like do dummy calls, but we knew the real call. So that that, that definitely benefited me at detackling him also as being the dominant figure he was. Now, man, it's, it's great to hear you say that because one of the things that we say in, in my business, and I, I hope it's in every business, but specifically in mine, is fake it till you make it, right? Which is yeah. to say, hey, look, you take every opportunity that's given to you, you figure it out on the fly, and you were able to do that. And also to that point about make, hey, make your mistakes full speed. Like exactly. that to go all the way, whatever it is you do it. <laughs> I swear that's, that's, that was the definition of him in that fall camp. And he fine tuned things up in the season. And I mean, obviously there was times I didn't run the exact thing or whatnot. And then there were things Perion didn't run perfectly or Nick Benito or Ronnie Perkins. But you couldn't tell at times because like we made the player. It was so fast and physical. You're like, wow, that was a great call, all this and that. And so it's, it's, if, you, if you mess up, mess up going full speed. One of the things that I took from Coach Grinch in that 2020 season was, was twofold. One, in the way that Baylor was able to play, right? And even going back mm. to 2019 in that Big 12 championship game, he was saying, look, first, I'm trying not to screw this up for them because apparently yeah. y'all playing out of y'all mind. And the right. second thing that I took from him was, hey, uh, whatever they're doing, I'm telling them to split everybody and get into the backfield. Yes. Now, knowing what the defense was before he got there and what y'all were being asked to do, how freeing was it for you to know, hey, all I got to do is get into the backfield as opposed yeah, to it, holding people up? Yeah, it, so that was that was a real eye-opener for me because, you know, um, like I knew a lot of football and whatever, but I like I like knew like 4-3-3-4, four, three, three, four, but I never knew like true schemes on like what coaches would specifically want. So with Mike Stoops, that's all I knew. So when Coach Grinch came into the scheme and like he would like get mad at you, like like quit playing in the blocks, like, you know, like know your job, know the, know the gap that you got and get in the backfield. I'm like, I mean, that's it. Like, it sounds, I mean, it sounds easier than what it actually is, but I mean, that's really all it is, really. It's like, like, I got the B gap, so I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to get to this B gap, and I'm not going to let you stop me, and I'm not going to sit there on the line of scrimmage doing what I'm not supposed to do. And that's how easy it was, man. And, and like Grinch said, man, we were like dogs off the leash, man. Like, like that 2020 season, it was Ronnie Perkins, uh, Perry on Winfrey, me and Nick Benito, man, and it was just dogs off a chain. Like, we just running, flying in the backfield. And so that was the biggest difference I felt that with that defense was and why I had so much success. It's a lot of fun to watch, man. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I yeah. need to ask, on this 2022 team, mm. who are you most excited to see take the leap forward on defense? Well, I know – well, I got two guys in mind. I know right, I know for sure Jalen Redman. Uh, me and Jalen Redman, you know, best friends, man. My, my roommate still to this day and uh, where we stay at, man. I know for him he has such natural gifted ability. He didn't start playing football until he was 17. And, I mean, he's just so gifted and so blessed physically with his attributes on the field and whatnot. But only thing that I dislike is how he's just like hasn't been the healthiest when it comes to it. Because I mean, he has still yet to just be healthy for a full season. I mean, 2019 was a great season for him, but his shoulder was messed up, and you know he had the blood cost before that. And this last season, he had uh, the the injury in his knee. So I'm definitely looking forward to see what Jalen Redmond can do in a complete season of full health, and especially under uh, Brent Venables. So that that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. And, and I honestly, I got a dark horse. On a guy that I'm, I'm looking forward to, man, is Danny Stutzman, man. I, I'm, truly, yeah, I am truly looking. And and I say that because I mean, you have guys like Billy Bowman and David Oweibu and you know uh, Keyshawn Lawrence, so stuff like guys who are expected to you know do what they're supposed to do. But Danny, this is his second year, and he'll be behind um uh, uh Deshaun White and uh, David Oweibu. But I swear, man, playing in that Texas game this last season with that kid, I'm like, I'm like, there is a light under this kid that needs to be lit, man, and I can definitely see it in him. So I'm definitely excited to see what Danny Stutzman can do with the opportunities that he's uh, given. So 
and definitely like 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 some like a guy that I see in myself. Obviously, you know, he played a lot more early in his career than I did, but seeing like the leap that he can make, I definitely see a little bit of myself in that. Hey man, like Danny is a fan favorite, number one. Number two, yes. when I got to speak with him, I was having a great, such a great time, and he was recapping how he was being recruited during COVID, and they showed him this big picture, these uh, muscle cars. His daddy <laughs> is very much oh, like for real. That's his thing, right? That's what he's yeah. on. But it's, it's also exciting to hear that you, being an elder statesman, have the same sort of faith in these dudes years afterwards. Um, I need to ask, what is the most memorable win of your five-year career at Oklahoma? Memorable win. Memorable win. Okay, I got Okay, I got a couple. I know for sure, down 28-3 to against Baylor, hands down, best. Like, Baylor's atmosphere of that game, it was phenomenal. And just – you know, just the level of intensity that it took to take to come back with 28 to three. And the funny and true story is that week, the presentation was about how overcoming adversity. And we actually watched the the, the little film, little short film documentary clip of the Falcons and the Patriots when they were up 23 on the Patriots. Next thing you know, we did the same thing. So that was the biggest coincidence I ever been a part of. But that that win right there and definitely last year against Texas against um, uh, when we were down 21-0 in the first quarter coming back and win. Those two were definitely my most memorable uh, wins for sure. So, IT, you going to go ahead and pick the two games to give me high blood pressure. Right now, I need yeah. to my pressure points. I'm not, I was not okay. I was not okay, dog. Like, with that 28-3, and then when it was within reach, right, yeah. that was when I was really not okay. And, of course, right. we had the 21 uh, – 21-0 against Texas. Nobody ain't nobody happy then. I mean, y'all ain't happy. Nobody. We ain't happy. And then Texas fans definitely weren't happy at the end. Yes. Having such a good time. <laughs> they were pissed. And it was hot, man. Oh, but we won. <laughs> but we won. So, well, and, and on that, right? What's the most memorable mm. loss? Memorable loss. Um, I probably picked two from that one as well. I'll probably say last year against Oklahoma State, man. That was okay. That was devastating. And just and just the weight that that held, obviously, with the transition to Coach Riley and the coaching staff. And so everything ties into that loss. And I think a lot of guys would probably say that was probably, like, the most memorable simply because, like, you know, it turned out to be a great game, but simply everything else that, that really trickled in. And definitely my number one is the Rose Bowl 2017, my 2018 and 2017, my freshman year. That that was my most memorable loss. That game was amazing to me. I'm on this. You know, I'm a red shirt, so I'm just watching. Like, I ain't got no other obligations. I ain't got special teams to worry about nothing. So I'm just a fan. Oh, my. That game right there. Oh, my gosh. That that was my most memorable. Loss. I had fun. I'm not. I had fun. We lost. I'm I'm on the plane. Like, wow, man, that was amazing. You know, trying to keep it all in. But we just lost. But definitely that 2017 Rose Bowl. Hey, look, man, I uh, I'm watching that one at an old apartment and I'm in tears because it just <laughs> ha- not like for real. I saw them lay out. I saw them do yeah. everything they possibly could do to win that game. Saw right. Baker play lights out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, I mean, that was, I was in tears. Only other time I would mention uh, of the two that you mentioned is, of course, Little Thing 2019 uh, against oh. uh, one LSU. Oh, my God. Yeah, that that that's what, yeah, that really opened my eyes to that 2019 team. Because we knew they were great. But I'm like, man, they can't. Joe can't be like this. And that was actually that was actually like the turning point carrying into my 2020 season. Like, like I said, when Ronnie Perkins got suspended, I think that was the most snap. No, no, I don't think I know that was the most snaps I played up until my career. I had like 25, 26 snaps that game. So I had like meaningful, significant snaps. And playing against them, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, they the truth. Like, man, like, like they gonna win it all. Like Joe Burrow is that guy and stuff. So seeing everything that he does now makes me feel a lot better about our loss. 
I learned so much more about that team than I thought. I, I thought I knew a bunch about that team, right? Yeah. And you've seen what they've been able to do since then. Burrow playing in the Super Bowl, Jamar Chase being that dude, Justin Jefferson being that dude, Clyde Edwards-Alaire being that. Somebody tried to roll up on Clyde Edwards-Alaire one time, and, and he told everybody <laughs> what was you, – you know, you know the story. You I roll do. up on him, he got the tool. Like, what? I do. I'm, you don't want these problems with that dude. <laughs> and he was indicative of that entire team, right? Yeah. And I just remember thinking, Jamar Chase can't be that guy because Jamar Chase is that media day talking about, I want, I want somebody to put their hands on me from Oklahoma. I want yes. it to happen. I'm going, yeah. do, do you really? Do you really? He did. Look, I didn't think he was that good either. And he, you and I both came away thinking, okay, all right, I just watched one of the greatest college football teams of all time. Yes. It's cool. Yes. I just happened to be in their way. You know exactly. I mean? <laughs> so, I, go ahead. No, yeah, I was like, man, like what you were saying, like, I felt the same way, like, Prior to that, I'm like, okay, like, like you said, they can't be all that. Then, you know, after playing them, like, okay, they 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 wanted the best top top two, not two. We just happened to be the ones that fall short of what they had coming. So that's how I felt about it. So you mentioned Oklahoma State and Bedlam, right? A game yeah. that Oklahoma has traditionally owned, and a right. game in which they needed to win to get into the Big Twelve Championship, and we've seen the repercussions of that. So, how did you learn mm. about Coach Riley leaving Oklahoma? I'll tell you how I learned. You tell me how you learned. Okay. You want me to go first? Please. Okay. So, yeah, like you said, like like that game, you know, history, Oklahoma dominates that that series, that game, whatever. But every game, it's a close – every year it's a close game and whatnot. Actually, I had to flu that game. Like, I was, like, like sick bad that game. Like, I don't know if you've seen any uh, things on Twitter about it, but I was, like, sick bad. Like, didn't practice Thursday or Friday. Met with the team Saturday at the hotel two hours before the game. So, that wasn't my best performance overall, just getting that out there, guys. So, don't watch that game if you're trying to look at me. But uh, outside of that, so um, the next day we have a team meeting at 2 o'clock. And we never have team like like a team meeting after a game. Like it's usually um, captains or leaders, you know, after a game or such like that. If if a game ended like that or so, and so you know we have a team meeting. And we're like, okay, you know, we're probably going on a little break since we don't play in the Big Twelve Championship or so. But so it's like we have a team meeting at two o'clock, and it's like one forty-five. I just pulled up to the parking lot. I get a phone call. You know, I ain't gonna say the name who it was, but a very reliable source called me. He said, hey, where you at right now? I was like, uh, we got a team meeting at 2 o'clock. He said, what's the meeting about? I was like, I don't know. Coach Riley just told us we got a meeting today. Then he said, uh, Coach Riley's going to USC. I was like, no. You know, I'm looking around. I don't see anybody reacting crazy. So I'm like, I was like, either this guy, you know, thinks he knows what he's talking about or like, I got like the inside scoop. So we go, I go in the training room shortly after. I see Caleb Kelly. I see Caleb Williams. I'm like, I was like, hey, what, what y'all think this meeting is about? Y'all think Coach Riley leaving? It was like, nah, last night he said he's not taking the head coaching job at LSU, which he did say that specifically. He said, I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. So we're, we're not even thinking that. So at this point, I'm like, man, I was like, I don't know if that was accurate. I was like, you know, I'm the only one that knows this. And I tell Jalen Redman, he like, nah. So next thing you know, we're in the players locker room. I mean, we're in our meeting room. Then um, next thing you know, we're in the locker room and um, at Twitter, you know, Twitter's blown up at like 155, like 156, 157. Everybody's like, yo, yo, it was like a lot of murmuring going around, people freaking out. And like, I'm, I'm like, I told you so. Like, like I, I got the plug. Like, I'm that guy. If you need information, like, let me know. Then, you know, joking around with him. And then it got serious. And Coach Riley came in there around 2.05. Uh, then he said, uh, I'm sure you guys know I'm taking the next head coaching job at USC. Then, you know, proceeded to talk for, you know, five or so minutes. And that was it. Ah! Yeah. yeah. How did you take that? So – so initially, I was like, you know, I didn't believe it at first when I got the phone call saying that. So when he told us, oh, I was 
Oh, I was heartbroken, man. More so because how he left, not because he left. I understand it's a business. Opportunities present themselves. You tell me, I'm uh, whatever the circumstances was. I'm gonna get paid more. All this and that. You know, family. All this and that. For sure, you're gonna take whatever you know provides a better future for you and your family. But it's just more so how he left. You know, telling us that he got the call after the game. You know, thought about it overnight, slept on it, made the decision that day. You know, so I was kind of rubbed us the wrong way. So you know, knowing the type of guy Riley was, it, it just it just wasn't him on how he did it. So the fact that he left, I'm totally fine with, you know, everybody has to make it. But like Brent Venables left Clemson, you know? So when it comes to stuff like that, it's just how he left, not because he left. Because Raleigh always stood on the table for me, you know, always had my back. Because I specifically remember many team meetings when he would point me out specifically. He was like, hey, IT, how many snaps did you play your first three seasons? I was like, on the average, like eight snaps a game at the end of the game, like mop-up time. And he was like, what, what did you do in 2020 and 2021? I was like, 13 TFLs, eight and a half sacks, started every game, did this and that. Then coach was like, you know, stick to this and that and stuff. So he always used me as, as, a, as an example in a positive way. So it was just, just mind-boggling how he left knowing the type of guy he was. Right fast, how long was that meeting? Do you remember? Yeah, being honest here, about no longer than six minutes, man. Five, six minutes. Of, of him talking. Then after he left, Bob Stoops came, then president, all, all this, and they came. But for him speaking – Five, six minutes. Man, look, I'm at the airport coming back from the Big Ten championship game, and mm. my phone is blowing up as soon as I land about 1.30 Central Standard Time. Yeah. Going, RJ, tell me what is going on. And I'm going, yeah. what? So I check in with my folks, a couple of them on the team, and I, I learned what you learned. And yeah. I think we all found out at the same time, dog. Like, it's just been a surreal – it was a surreal sequence of events. And I think everybody oh, yeah. from Oklahoma agrees with you. It ain't that you left, it's how you left. Right? 100%. Because there's, there's a way that we get down, and that's not the way that we traditionally Right. Right. Uh, man, we run up all the time. Isaiah, dog, I could talk to you all day. This has been oh, yeah. so fun for me. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas, former defensive lineman at the University of Oklahoma. He got these Big 12 championships rings that you should ask him about. And I yeah. hope to see you going on day one, the NFL yeah. draft. Thank you, man. Appreciate you.